Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Terry's out doing some apostolic work. I'm a one-man car today. Today, for the second and third segment, I'm going to have on Terry Solomon and Chuck Konzelman, the producers and directors and writers of Nefarious. So that's going to be on segment two and three. That's Kerry Solomon and Chuck Konzelman, the producers and directors and writers of the movie Nefarious. Also, I hope all of you have gone or are going to go this week to go watch the movie Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom. Let me give you some, some intel. Hot off the press. The One of Jim Caviezel's famous lines in his interviews, he says, God's children are not for sale. God's children are not for sale. Here's what's interesting. Hollywood came out with a big blockbuster film. It's called Indiana Jones. The same week that a small independent company from Mexico came out with uh, the movie Sound of Freedom, Angel Studios, a small release. Now, the Indiana Jones movie that came out this week it was released in around 4,600 theaters. And the Sound of Freedom movie that was released this week was released in about 2,600 theaters. So Indiana Jones was released in, in at least uh, 2,000 more theaters than Sound of Freedom. Well, guess what? Here's what's interesting. Indiana Jones' budget was $294.7 million. Sound of Freedom's budget was $15 million. I'm going to repeat that again. Indiana Hollywood movie Jones' budget was $294.7 million. Sound of Freedom budget was $15 million. And guess what? This week, Indiana Jones, July 4th, they collected $11.5 million. The Sound of Freedom, July 4th, grossed $14 million. Catholics, people of goodwill, Get out there and watch the movie. We've got to support good Catholic movies like Sound of Freedom, like Nefarious. We want to see good Catholic and Christian movies out there on the big screen. Okay, today's the feast day of St. Maria Goretti. Let me say a few things about this incredible saint before I get into today's gospel. couple things about today's saint. St. Maria Goretti was born of poor but devout farm laborers in Cor Corinaldo, Italy, at the end of the 19th century. After her father's death, little Maria helped her mother care for the family. At the age of 11, she convinced a friend to instruct her in the catechism, and she made her first communion in a borrowed dress. Only a few months later, a 19-year-old farm laborer attempted to rape her. When Maria begged him not to commit such a grave sin, he stabbed her repeatedly. She died having offered him her forgiveness. St. John Paul II taught that Maria's life, quote, encourages us to experience the joy of the poor who know how to renounce everything provided they do not lose the one thing necessary which is friendship with God. Maria Goretti was born in 1890. Her father died when she was nine years old. Maria helped take care of the house and her younger siblings, 
so that her mother could support the family. Their neighbor, Alejandro Serenelli, attempted to rape Maria when she was 11. Apparently, Alessandro was uh, into pornography. Maria stoutly resisted his attempted rape in the name of God. She said, no, it is a sin. God does not want it, close quote. So Alessandro Serenelli, who admitted later to a pornography addiction, stabbed Maria repeatedly, and she died two days later, but not before forgiving her killer. She said this, quote, yes, for the love of Jesus, I forgive him, and I want him to be with me in paradise, close quote. Alessandro Serenelli, then 20 and still considered a minor, a minor under Italian law, was condemned to 30 years in imprisonment. He was sullen and unrepentant at the trial, but after some, some years in jail, he had a mysterious dream. Alessandro Serenelli in his jail cell saw Maria appear to him with a bouquet of lilies. She gave it to him and it burst into flames in his hands. Al Alessandro Serenelli was released from prison after 27 years. He was a transformed Alessandro, and he went immediately to Maria's mother, <coughs> Maria Goretti's mother. Not only did the mother forgive him, she accepted him as a member of her family. Alessandro Serenelli became a Capuchin lay brother and attended Maria's canonization in 1950. Good father, loving father, through the intercession of St. Maria Goretti, free those who are enslaved to impurity and pornography. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, Maria Goretti reminds me of today's psalm. Today's psalm says, I will walk in the presence of the Lord in the land of the living. That's her. That's Maria Goretti. She walked in the presence of the Lord in this life and in the next. And guess what? Now she's in the land of the living. As you and I, we live in the land of the death. We live in the land in the valley of tears. We, let, we live in the land, as King David says, the valley of the shadow of death. Today's uh, <clears throat> psalm reminds me of Maria Goretti. I will walk in the presence of the Lord in the land of the living. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory because of your kindness, because of your truth. Why should the pagans say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. Whatever he wills, he does. Their idols are silver and gold, the handiwork of men. They have mouths, but speak not. They have eyes, but see not. They have ears, but hear not. They have noses, but smell not. Their makers shall be like them. Everyone who trusts in them, the house of Israel, trusts in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Today's gospel, Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 to 8, it reads, After entering a boat, by the way, that boat was the property of Peter, and that boat as well is a depiction of the Catholic Church. Jesus made the crossing and came into his own town, and there brought people, and, and there people brought to him a paralytic lying on a stretcher. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Courage, child, 
your sins are forgiven. Here's what's interesting. The paralytic doesn't say that he's exercising any faith in Jesus Christ. It's his friends who are exercising faith in Christ. And they come. And Jesus comes. And he says, courage, child. Your sins are forgiven. At that time, some of the scribes said to themselves, this man is blaspheming. Jesus knew what they were thinking. And he said, why do you harbor evil thoughts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise and walk but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, rise, pick up your stretcher, and go home. He rose and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were struck with awe and glorified God, who had given such authority to men the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Yep, they glorified God who had given such authority to men. Jesus Christ spoke a message that was totally unique. We call that the gospel of Jesus Christ. That salvation was wrought by the Son of God, dying for our sins on the cross in atonement for the sins of the whole world. We have to accept Him, follow Him, believe in Him, have faith in Him, trust in Him. But what's interesting is Jesus did just not make claims to be the Son of God. He proved His claims by miracles. The miracles of, the, of Christ are proof that He is who He said He is. And guess what? One day Jesus will look at every single one of us on the last day at the general judgment. And he's going to say, rise and walk. And we will come out of our own graves and receive our own, our own glorified bodies. And we will be reunited with our souls. And we will walk in the streets of golden heaven forever. Why? Because Christ has authority over death. And he's going to exercise that final authority over all of us. We call that at the general judgment. Hey, we're going to be up next talking to Chuck and Carrie Solomon, the writers and producers and directors of the movie Nefarious, another great Catholic movie. Uh, you need to watch it. You can watch it right now on, uh, on all the, uh, on all the uh, platforms, on all the social media platforms, the movie Nefarious. But I also want to remind you that I'm going to the Holy Land. I'd like to invite you to come to the Holy Land with me and, my, me and Anita and Father Dave Nix. It's October 6th to the 16th. October 6th to the 16th. If you want the flyer, go to my website, jesseromero.com, jesseromero.com. It's a Holy Land trip, October 6th to the 16th. We're going to the land where Jesus walked. I'd love to hang out with you for nine days, be with you, pray with you, go to mass with you, and just look at the sites where our Lord and Jesus Christ uh, spread his gospel. Well, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Up next, you're going to hear from uh, the producers of the movie Nefarious. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. back to terry and jesse show we got so many talented catholic movie producers and directors and screenwriters as as and, and you know, i'll even be there's a lot of protestants that are very talented as well 
And so as Catholics, any time a movie comes out that's especially released by, by Catholic writers and directors, like the movie Nefarious, we've got to go storm the movies. And you can continue watching some of these movies. They're on all the social media platforms. And so we got to continue to support good Catholic movies. We want more of them. We don't want less of them. And so my engineer will tell me when uh, Chuck and Carrie come on, I want to ask them some questions about the movie Nefarious. But also, again, there's another movie that's out right now. And the movie is called Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom was produced by Angel Studios, by Alejandro Monteverde, Eduardo Verastegui. They're the producers and directors of the movie. Jim Caviezel is the protagonist. And we, we also, uh, Eduardo also played a small part in the movie. So he's not only a producer, but he's also a director of the movie. I also want to mention to some of you that live out there in the Midwest, out there in the Indi Indianapolis area, I'm going to be part of a spiritual warfare conference. It's July 28th and 29th. Spiritual warfare conference in Indianapolis, July 28th and 29th. Uh, go to Corpus Christi for Unity and Peace.org. Corpus Christi for Unity and Peace.org. And you can uh, sign up for the Spiritual Warfare Conference in Indianapolis. Uh, with, 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 the, with the registration fee, it's going to include dinner on Friday evening and a hot breakfast and lunch on Saturday. So that's a spiritual warfare conference over in Indianapolis, July 28th and 29th. I'm going to be one of the speakers there. The website is Corpus Christi for Unity and Peace.org. Corpus Christi for Unity and Peace.org. I know it's kind of a uh, I know it's kind of a long uh it's it's kind of a long uh, website. Hey, I just got a text here uh from Chuck and Carrie. They're over in Texas and they got their their wires crossed so they're asking if we can do this the interview tomorrow i'm going to put here yes yes we can okay they got their their times scrambled but i'll talk about the movie nefarious because i know enough about it for those of you that haven't seen it okay let me give you my analysis of the movie nefarious uh there's a lot of horror movies that came out probably you know right right around the same time that, nef that nefarious uh then Nefarious came out. But I'll tell you why Nefarious is a lot different. I'll tell you why. It's because the other horror movies are, are pure garbage. What I mean by that is they show the phenomena of the demon. These other Hollywood movies, literally horror movies, they focus on the demonic partner tricks and the, demon, the, the, demonic, the demonic phenomena by... By making you go like, wow, look at her fly through the air. Wow, look at how strong that possessed person is. So the Hollywood movies, they glorify the demons. I'm going to be honest with you. That's what they do. They glorify demons. They focus on the demonic phenomena, the demonic partner tricks. However, in the movie Nefarious, by writer and director Carrie Solomon and Chuck Konzelman, both of them, by the way, practicing Catholics, the diabolic powers are exposed. They, they directed and produced 
God is dead one. God is dead. God is dead two, and unplanned. So that's the quality of their movies. Yeah, but in Nefarious, they expose the diabolic powers. Here's the plot of the film. So there's a death row inmate. His name is his name is Edward Brady. He's scheduled for execution. He's a convicted serial killer. Uh, he gets a psychiatric evaluation during which time he claims that he's a demon. And he further claims that before their time is over, the newly appointed psychiatrist, who's called Dr. James Martin, will commit three murders of his own. By the way, the demon nefarious claims that he killed the prior psychiatrist that was assigned to him. I could tell you that this movie, it's a literary masterpiece unlike anything ever portrayed on the big screen because the movie was peppered with Catholic angelology and demonology. And, and so Chuck and Carrie, they probably studied hours and hours to put this together to get it, to, to make this accurate and true to Catholic norms. They've captured the truth about the devil, demons, and demonic forces, unlike anything ever seen on a Hollywood screen in the movie Nefarious. Here's, here's what they did masterfully and brilliantly. They highlighted the psychological compatibility that a diabolically afflicted person has with a demon. They did not emphasize the parlor tricks, the, the physical diabolical manifestations like other Hollywood movies, flying through the air, levitating, vomiting projectiles. The film, which was released obviously a few months ago, it gives the world the uncensored look at Satan's agenda. And I'll tell you that, that the film is a perfect Trojan horse to introduce the reality behind the culture of death to an audience that would never be attracted to a film about God. Because the film isn't overtly about God. It's not in your face. But the film is billed as a horror thriller with, uh, with the writing and, and uh, the acting caliber of the movie Silence of the Lambs. You probably remember that movie. It, had, it has the writing and the acting caliber of the Silence of the Lambs. And it also has the genius of the screw tape letters. The demon that possesses Edward Brady, his name is Nefarious. We reject, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' name. Go to the foot of the cross that Jesus Christ may do with you as he wills. And so Nefarious is committed to bringing viewers. The movie Nefarious is, is committed to bringing viewers the fullness of truth in Jesus Christ and is proud to expose the dark forces of Satan with this powerful film. Doesn't glorify the devil at all, trust me, like other Hollywood movies. You'll find that when you see the movie Nefarious, Edward Brady, possession looks a lot like mental insanity, and mental insanity looks a lot like possession. Many psychiatrists who now recognize demonic possession 
they call it, they call it, quote, disassociative identity disorder. Disassociative identity disorder, DID, then it says, comma, demonic possession. It's in the newest version of the DSM. The DSM is the Bible for psychiatrists and psychologists. It's known as the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. The movie Nefarious clearly demonstrates that abortion, euthanasia, and the woke liberal issues of our day come from the devil. The movie also takes a shot at, at uh, a woke liberal Catholic priest showing that they are truly agents of Satan, that liberal woke Catholic priests are truly agents of Satan. If you go to this movie, or if you watch it on your television, I would just recommend as a fellow Catholic that live, tries to live in a state of grace, I would recommend that, be, that you pray before you go in the movie. When you're in the theater, say a prayer right before the movie. And on your way home, also say another prayer, a prayer against retaliation. I'll tell you why. Because there's a way to watch movies as Catholics. To watch a movie on the diabolic, just based on, uh, on curiosity, is a sin, according to St. Thomas Aquinas. But watching the movie studiously is noble, according to St. Thomas Aquinas. All the other horror movies that came out when Nefarious did, again, they're pure garbage. I'll tell you why. Because they display gratuitous satanic violence. They embellish and they center their cameras and story on the phenomena of the demon and its manifestations. That's pure garbage. Nefarious doesn't do that. Nefarious, the movie, shows the psychological war the demon wages against the human mind, and it shows the vast superiority of the demonic intellect as compared to humans. The demon is constantly trying to draw you out of your lane and will trigger your emotions in a disordered way. The demon is constantly trying to get inside your wire. God allows diabolic affliction in order to show you your defects in order for you to work on your own virtue and holiness. Father Chad Ripperger, he also says, quote, demons are lawyers from hell. What does that mean? He means that they're very legalistic. They know exactly the structure of the law as given to us by God. One part of the movie, you'll find Edward Brady, the serial killer who's possessed. And he, you know, Edward Brady, he says in the movie Nefarious, he says, quote, he says, uh, we are the most rational beings in the universe. We are the most rational, talking about demons, that they are the most rational beings in the universe. The demon nefarious, I remember one part of the movie where he said, 
that he knows more theology than any person on earth. Did you catch that? He goes, he knows more theology than any person on earth. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. I'm talking about the movie Nefarious. I'm giving you my analysis. Tomorrow we'll try to have Chuck and Carrie Solomon. They're over in Texas and they got their times mixed up. So we'll see if we can have them on tomorrow. But uh, you're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. We're going to continue talking about them, giving you my analysis on the movie Nefarious. Again, it's a literary masterpiece. It's of the caliber of Silence of the Lambs. It's of the writing quality of screw tape letters. Stick around. We'll be right back. Don't change that dial. We are back, the Terry and Jesse show. I'm giving you my reflections on the movie Nefarious. And there's also another good movie came out this week, Sound of Freedom. Catholics, go out there and support these good Catholic movies. Buy them on your uh, social media. Watch them at home. Invite people over. Have a movie night. Nefarious, Sound of Freedom. These are good Catholic movies. They promote virtue. As Catholics... I wish all Catholics and Protestants would, which call, would, would quit watching the Hollywood garbage that comes out and just support Catholic movies and Protestant movies that are faith-based. I'm telling you, we could send Hollywood a huge message. We did send Hollywood a huge message, and I'll tell you why. Because this week, 4th of July, you had the movie Indiana Jones, the Hollywood movie that came out, and you also had the movie Sound of Freedom that came out. And of course, the uh, the Indiana Jones movie, it had a, it had a huge budget, almost you know, $250 million. They made something like $11 million the first, uh, the first day. Sound of Freedom had a budget of $15 million, and they made like $14 million the first day. And so not only are Catholics and Protestants frugal in terms of making money, they, uh, their profit margins are much higher because of the quality of their movies and the fact that they promote virtue. So I want to talk about the movie Nefarious. Again, Nefarious shows the psychological warfare that's waged by demons against human beings. And I'll tell you that God allows diabolical, diabolic affliction in order to show you your defects and in order for you to work on your own virtue and holiness. In the movie, The Demon Nefarious, he says he knows more theology than any person on earth. And then the demon, Nefarious, gives a summary of, of damnation history. And I'll tell you what I found interesting. The atheist psychiatrist, Dr. James Martin, was conflicted even after the execution of, of Edward Brady. But he did call out to God during that scene of the execution, if you caught it. Uh, and right before the atheist, Dr. James Martin, wanted to commit suicide, he had suicidal ideation because 
the demon now was projecting uh was projecting his his thoughts and vulgarities and temptations upon dr james martin which caused him to have suicidal ideation he tried to kill himself he pulled the trigger three times he called upon the name of god he said god help me as he pulled the trigger underneath his chin and the actor sean patrick flannery who was in the movie boondock saints he gives an amazing performance an amazing performance as edward brady the serial killer it was amazing the way he pulled it off because sean patrick flannery basically played two people he played the serial killer edward brady and he also played the demon nefarious at the end of the movie nefarious as the, as the credits were scrolling down the demon says in latin the demon quotes daniel chapter 5 verse 27 the demon says you were weighed in the balance and found wanting but you're too stupid to know it now the first part the first part is taken from daniel chapter 5 verse 27 where it says quote you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting close quote this means you're saying okay so what does that mean this mean that this means that god is weighing our character our conduct and our motives in the balances of his justice and it will be a fearful thing to be pronounced wanting in faith hope and love before the judgment seat of christ just like i could just imagine with joe biden a baptized catholic what he's going to experience and nancy pelosi and other fake catholics who have positions of incredible power god's not impressed if you're a millionaire or a billionaire or a politician or if you're a professional athlete the only way to be weighed in the balance of god's scales and to be found and found to be forgiven and pardoned and redeemed is through jesus christ the son of god because here's what the holy bible says it says in second in first corinthians 5 21 it says quote for our sake god made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of god close quote in other words it's only in jesus and through jesus and because of what jesus has done for us that we can stand righteous before god the father towards the end of the movie the the demon the fairy says nomen legionem mihi nomen es quia multi sumus which means my name is legion for we are many and then there's another quote at the very end of uh of the credits where it says the demon says mene mene tekil uparsin that's that's aramaic and that means you have been weighed in the balance and found wanting then the demon also says ut tum stultus est ut num comprehendium which means in english but you are too stupid to realize it then the demon says continuandum est which means to be continued which means there may be a part two to this movie i wouldn't be surprised from uh from edward brady the serial killer in the movie nefarious i remember that the demon said he says demonic temptation will continue and become longer in duration 
and increase in intensity with the intent of evoking a series of yeses and permissions from the victim until the victim is controlled and subjugated by the diabolical. So, one of the priests that was, he was a, an exorcist who was consulted about the movie. His name's Father Carlos Martins. He's an exorcist, I believe, in Canada. Here's what he says. Here's what his impression about the movie Nefarious. So they consulted him about the movie. He says, I can say without hesitation that it is the best movie portraying demonic possession ever produced. The movie is clean. It is not a horror movie. It has no blasphemies, sex scenes, or even four-letter words. However, it is anything but boring. So as an exorcist, Father Carlos Martin says, I can affirm it is true to life and a must-see for anyone who desires to understand the enemy. I found it gripping. I showed it at the seminary where I live, and the seminarians and priests raved about this movie for days, as well they should. I'll tell you, here's kind of my assessment of the movie, my parting comments. I saw the, the movie Nefarious with my wife and a couple of good Catholic friends. This movie will wake people up to the reality, not, not to not just evil and demons, but the reality of the gospel message, God's plan. Because like the demon said in the movie, he's greater than any theologian. He, the movie brought to light not just Satan's plan, but God's plan. Remember, Nefarious said several times that the demon goes, the carpenter ruined everything. I love it. I love that phrase. People can leave the movie and realize Jesus is who, who he said he is, and his actions on the cross did destroy Satan's plans if you accept him and worship him and become one of his disciples. Even the demon laughs at today's absurd language and justifying the sins in our culture. That was masterfully showed in the movie. It was a brilliant film. God's hands were on this film. The movie, and even the demon proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ, and people won't even know it, because it was done kind of, uh, it wasn't in your face. But it showed the movie shows the reality of the spiritual combat we are in as human beings, whether we see it or not. It's a fight for souls. It's an incredible film. It's, it's brilliant. Now I pray that it reaches as many people as possible on planet Earth, one soul at a time. We all, we all know someone in our life that needs to wake up to, to the reality of the deceiver's plans. And praise God, our Lord's and our Lady's plan to crush his head. The producer said the movie was consecrated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. You can obviously tell that it was. You know, the demons gain stature. The demons gain stature by being present to a human who's offering a blood sacrifice. And the demon cannot create. He can only destroy. 
in order for someone to be afflicted, there must be some psychological compatibility. A blood sacrifice, the letting of blood makes a demon interested, and the demon can provide power to that person through that ritual. The fallen angelic psychology follows human psychology. We both follow our concupiscence. That's one of the things that makes demons and humans the same, is that we both follow our concupiscence. Demon, demons retain their zeal even after the fall, and now they try to impede the flow of grace in us. Sin is always made, is always accomplished through your own free will. And demons are particularly fearful of that Latin song, that funeral song called Dias Eris, Dias Iris, because it reminds them of their day of judgment where they will be eternally damned. Now, it's not part of the the rite of exorcism, but it can be used after the rite during the penitentiary phase. This is the phase where the where the exorcist justice is being exacted upon the demon by God because the possessed is now in a state of grace. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. Hey, up next, I want to show you some a cool video of a 96 year old man who gets a speeding ticket. Check out what happens in court. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Hey, for the last segment, I'm going to do nothing but feel-good topics here. I want you to watch this video. It's a 96-year-old man. He gets a speeding ticket. And I want you to see what happens to him in a court of law. I want you to see the way the judge treats him. This will this will warm your heart. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? You can sit down, sir. Thank you. <clears throat> Good morning, sir. Good morning, Judge. Mr. Kowawa, you are charged with a school zone violation. Beg pardon? You are charged with a school zone violation, right. which means that you were exceeding the speed limit in a school zone. I don't drive that fast, Judge. I'm 96 years old and I drive slowly and I only drive when I have to. I was going to the blood work for my boy. He's handicapped. You were taking your son to the doctor's office? Yeah. I take him for blood work. Every two weeks, because he's got cancer. You are a good man. You are a good man. You are. You, you really are what America is all about. Here you are in your 90s, and you're still taking care of your family. That, that's just a wonderful thing for you. Well, how old is your son? 63. Still, Daddy's still taking care of him, right? <laughs> I only drive when I have to. Yeah. Listen, sir, I wish you all the best. I wish the best for your son, and I wish you good health, and your case is dismissed. Good luck to you, and God bless you. Thank you. Wow, if that doesn't warm your heart, you don't have a heart. That was one of the most beautiful things 
I've ever seen a judge do in a court of law. That was that was the humanity of a judge who saw the humanity of a father who may have drove a little bit fast to take his son to the doctor. At 96, he's still taking care of his son. That's selfless love from that father. And that judge recognized it. And even that judge, you can tell that he was touched. Because the you know what the judge did? He encountered goodness right in his courtroom. And he even told him, he says, you're a good man. <sighs> wow. I, I think that that gentleman, that 96-year-old man, one day, he'll hear the words of Christ. Because the words of Christ are, there is no greater love than this that a man would lay down his life for another. Here, a 96-year-old father is still laying down his life for his son, taking him to the doctor every two weeks because he's got cancer. What an amazing father. Here's another good news story I want to share with you about St. Raphael. St. Raphael is an archangel. He was sent to heal, uh, to heal them both in the book of Tobit, chapter 3, verses 17. He was sent to heal Tobias and Sarah. So the angel Raphael in the book of Tobit provides a beautiful illustration of divine providence. He comes in answer to the prayers of two desperate souls. The first is Tobit, a righteous old Israelite suffering from blindness and marital strife. The second is Sarah, a young virgin who almost despairs after seven husbands have each died on their wedding night, the victims of a cruel demonic attack. The archangel Raphael, whose name means God heals, he appears under the guise of a distant relative, just as Tobit's son Tobiah is looking for a companion for a long journey. All of a sudden, in Tobit chapter 6, verse 3 and 4, the Bible says, a large fish leapt out of the water and tried to swallow Tobiah's foot. He shouted in alarm, but the angel said to the young man, grab the fish and hold on to it, close quote. So Raphael, say Raphael, the archangel, goes on to explain just how this courageous deed will allow Tobiah to affect God's healing plan. Raphael encourages Tobiah to marry Sarah and even shows him how to use the, the fish's heart and deliver and, and liver to defeat the demonic attack against her. So St. Raphael's angelic wisdom and power continue to facilitate Tobiah's mission, helping him to rejoice in his own marriage and bring healing and honor to his parents as well. Then, refusing all rewards, he makes known the loving plan of God and returns to heaven. So I want to just pray. Heavenly Father, through the prayers of the archangel Raphael, may we bravely and May, may we bravely undertake the work of healing marriages and families in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to talk about another giant. I started off the show talking about this spiritual giant. I want to end the show with her. Seven things to know about the beautiful St. Maria Gretti, a model of forgiveness. Again, her miraculous story is so compelling. It provides an example. A timeless example of faith and forgiveness. So here's the first of seven things you should know about St. Maria Goretti. 
She was born in 1890 in Corinaldo, Italy. She was raised in a poor agricultural family. She was known for her cheerful and devout nature. Number two, Maria's father died when she was young and her mother had to work to support her six children. Maria took care of the younger children while her mother worked and she prayed the rosary every night for the repose of her father's soul. Again, St. Maria was uh, number three. St. Maria died a martyr at the age of 11. On July 5th, 1902, a neighbor named Alessandro Serenelli attempted to sexually assault her. She resisted, proclaiming that it was a sin and an offense against God. Alessandro stabbed her multiple times, resulting in her death the following day. Point number four. Maria forgave her assailant before she died. She actually expressed her desire to see him in heaven one day with her. Number five. Her attacker, Alessandro Serenelli, later experienced a conversion after Maria came to him in a dream while in prison. He deeply regretted his actions. And after serving a prison sentence, he attended Maria's beatification and became a lay brother in a monastery. Point number six. St. Maria Goretti is widely venerated as a patron saint of purity, chastity, young girls, and victims of rape or violence. And point number seven. Pilgrims can visit her shrine at the Basilica of St. Maria Goretti in Nettuno, Italy, where her body is preserved. And here's a prayer for the intercession of St. Maria Goretti that I offer to, to, to the audience this morning. I pray, name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, author of innocence and lover of chastity, who bestowed the grace of martyrdom on your handmaid, the Virgin St. Maria Goretti, in her youth, grant, we pray, through her intercession, that as you gave her a crown for her steadfastness, so we too may be firm in obeying your commandments. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hope you enjoyed the show. I sure, I sure enjoy doing the show here every single day on the TJ Show and on, and on Jesus 911. Just want to remind you that I'm going to the Holy Land October 6th to the 16th. If you'd like to go to the Holy Land with myself, I need the Father Dave Nix. Go to my website, jesseromero.com, jesseromero.com, and you can click on the flyer to the Holy Land. Remember, that's, that's the land where Jesus walked, the land where Jesus walked. If you want to go with me, my wife, Father Dave Nix, my pastor, Father Craig Freely, retired military chaplain, if you want to go with us to the Holy Land and enjoy nine days in prayer, in mass, visiting the sacred sites where our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was born, preached, performed miracles, drove out demons, died, resurrected, and ascended into heaven. I'd love to have you come with us. I'd love it. Just go to my website, jesseromero.com, jesseromero.com. Click on the flyer, and it will tell you how to sign up. Come on. I want you to come with me to the Holy Land.
It's a trip of a lifetime. At least one time in your life, you got to come to the Holy Land. All right, well, that's a wrap. Remember, St. Father Pio says, pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful, and God will hear your prayer. We're all called to be great saints. Don't miss the opportunity. Set yourselves apart from this corrupt generation. Be saints. You weren't made to fit. You weren't made to fit in. You were born to stand out. Remember, go watch the movie Sound of Freedom tomorrow, tonight, tomorrow, this weekend. Go watch the movie Sound of Freedom. Go watch the movie Sound of Freedom. Let's support good Catholic movies. And remember, there's only one vax that I'm going to push on this show. It's called the blood of Jesus. And there's only one virus I, I, I care to talk about in this show, and that's sin. Remember the battle cry of the Crusaders. Christ conquers. Christ reigns. Christ commands, or in Latin. Christus vincit, Christus reinat, Christus imperat. Yep, this is the royal acclamation, which asserts Christ as king of kings. My brothers and sisters in Christ, pray a rosary every day. Remember, we serve a, the virgin most powerful, a 12-star general. Unite your rosary every single day through the heels of the blessed Virgin Mary as she crushes the head of the serpent. Unite your prayers, your St. Michael the Archangel prayers, to the sword of St. Michael and continue delivering powerful blows to the kingdom of darkness and tear down the gates of hell, which are modernism, Marxism, and masonry. And do not be discouraged by the enormity of the task that lies ahead of us. Say, Mother Teresa, she told her nuns, she said, our efforts are a drop in the vast ocean of need. But guess what? Mother Teresa never wavered and her legacy lives on today. This is our Esther moment, Catholics. We were destined for such a time as this. We were born for such a time as this. We have to rise to the occasion. Remember, wake up, America. Don't hit the snooze button. Global warming alert. Jesus is coming back. Are you ready? Make sure that before you die, you leave it all out in the field. And remember, live and die in a state of sanctifying grace. Don't live and die in a state of mortal sin. I know that I'm only one, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. And what I can do, I ought to do. And what I ought to do, by the grace of God, I will do. God bless you. See you next time. Keep the faith.